sorry. <laughs> We're going streaking, folks. The Sharks win their second straight in reverse retros. What? They win in specialty jerseys now? We'll talk about this win. We'll talk about the Desert Dogs. We'll talk about Randy Hahn, and we'll get into some of the stuff going on at the governor's meetings right now. This is Teal Town After Dark. Okay, computer, you can play the intro now. Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> Good evening, everyone. It is Tuesday night, December 13th, 2022. The Sharks are victorious 3-2 to two over the Desert Dogs. That's right. Start checking, people, if you haven't already. Welcome to Teal Town After Dark. This is your live interactive Sharks postgame. If you want to be part of the show, we join us in the YouTube chat on the page or the app and chat with us and fellow Sharks fans all over Sharks territory and around the world. Of course, we like to invite you to follow us on the social YouTube to hit that subscribe button, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, SoundCloud, Reddit, Discord, TikTok, and find everything at tealtownusa.com. Of course, if you want to support the pod, you can do that through Venmo at tealtownusa or hit us up on the YouTube Super Chat. And with that, good evening, Ian Reed. What's happening, bud? Nothing. Okay, cool. Good night, everyone. Nothing. Nothing happened tonight. I mean, I don't know. Was tonight a big deal? Uh, I would say a little bit, especially in the broadcast booth. I mean, for the game-wise, I mean, you saw 10,400 people allegedly watch this game uh, inside the Shark Tank. Uh, even Curtis Pichelka got in on the uh, comments and such because uh, it looked pretty empty there. It was pretty barren. Like... The Coyotes brought the desert with them, and the desert was the seating in SAP Center. That was scary, and it's and be quite honest, it's it's tough to see. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, I, it's I've never seen the tank this empty. I mean, it is what it is. Like, and I know some people be like, "Oh no, now they got to do something. Like, they've got to, they've got to do something." But I think like the my take has always been on. You know, if you make the right hockey decisions, the business decisions will basically work themselves out. And I think like, yeah, if I'm Hasso Plattner, am I looking at this and going, oh, my God, we have to do something? You know, he probably does. But at the same time, I don't think like a knee jerk decision would help anybody right now. Like this is just kind of got to ride itself out. Right. Uh, it's one of those things where you kind of have to eat it. And uh, yeah. And yeah, I mean, you can the, you can better. say that you're trying to be competitive and make the playoffs, but but when you look at the roster, when you look at how this team's constructed, and you look at the additions over the off season, like obviously anyone with half a brain knew that that wasn't even remotely in the cards. So, like you know, so yeah, there's it's good. There's gonna be some thinness at SAP Center while this sorts itself out. But I think if they stay on the plan they're on and if it actually works out, obviously, um, 
then you know the 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 people will come back if this team gets good again. But right. they're gonna have to. But they they're gonna have to like believe that you know you have to kind of rear in the fans' trust as far as like believing that this team can contend again. And and there's obviously a ways to go. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it started off really, really well. You know, you had two goals in the minute two, I think. With Hurdle making it one nothing, you know, having a the check connection from Shimmick there. Yeah, it was a nice step. And then you also had Benino, you know, he's on a he's on a burner now. Four goals in his last four games to make it two nothing from Carlson and Gajovic. Uh, you know, getting contributions everywhere. I mean, yeah, you get your big name with Hurdle getting the double digits now. Carlson gets an assist on the night. Benino's now starting to come on. Um, I want to say Benito's been getting the scoring touch ever since Nieto went down. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you got to give credit where credit's due. Benito's, uh, I think he's on a four game goal streak now, which I mean, good for him. Um, I think when the Sharks signed a guy like Benino, this is probably what they were hoping for. And obviously, look, Benino was never going to be a goal a game guy. I mean, no one in the NHL is, but. I think they were hoping that he would pitch in on offense uh, with little spurts like this. Yep. And I, unfortunately for Benino, I think that the spurts have been kind of few and far between, but you got to give him credit now. And I think also on, on the first goal, I don't think we've talked enough about how good Shimmick has been this year. Cause Shimmick's a guy who I, in the summer was like, I didn't even factor him in to, to the lineup and yeah. he's been good. Like, He's he he is what he is, and he's probably he's probably still slightly overpaid for what he brings, but I think he's had a really good rebound season. He's definitely evolved his game. It's not just playing just sound defense. Uh, I mean, he, he gets an assist tonight, mm-hmm. and offensively, he's not always been that offensive minded. I mean, you're not going to see him like Eric Carlson or no, 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 no. But that's, but, that's not his game, but. He's played Even all around in his own nice. end. I think he's been he's been decent. Like I don't like again. Like no one's like no. I'm not you know no. By saying he's he's been better this season. I mean I don't think anyone's going to conflate that and be like oh so Ian thinks Ratty Shimmick is suddenly Bobby Orr. No, of course I don't think that. <laughs> I just think compared to last season and probably half the season before that, you know there was a lot of like ooh what did we sign here you know because I think the Sharks have a bad habit of paying guys who you know, would slot in with Brent Burns. And then if that pair worked out, then that guy got paid for it. And, you know, it, and we've had some up and downs um, as far as that kind of is gone, which is why I always like shudder when I was like, oh God, we have the Carlson whisperer now and Jacob Megna. Like, no, do not pay <laughs> Jacob Megna to no. be the Carlson whisperer. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I just, I hate that because of Radim Shimmick is like one of the reasons why I kind of hate that narrative. But I mean, he wasn't the first guy who kind of got paid for for having a good season beside Brandon Burns. We saw, you know, um, who was before Paul Martin before that, who obviously had other issues going on in his life. So it wasn't like Paul Martin, like granted other issues there. And Paul Martin was a good defenseman, I think. And he was good in that role. Um, Joachim Ryan for a year was kind of okay in that role. Right. So it's just like 
I always get my backup whenever it's like the, the narrative becomes, oh, the Carlson whisper because Burns is gone now, obviously. Um, but no, I think I, I think Shimmick um, has has found his game again a little bit. And I think, again, is do I think he's still slightly overpaid? Yeah, but I still think he's had uh, a bounce back season that probably doesn't get enough stick taps. Yeah, I, I think, like I said, I think he's gotten his game has evolved. It's got multifacets to it. So mm-hmm. it, it's nice to see, and the Sharks needed that. And considering, you know, how he kind of came out in in the European newspapers about, you know, I'm grumbling about the Sharks, blah, 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 blah. You know, it's nice to see that he's put that aside. He's had a solid season, and, you know, uh, <laughs> if you're on Team Tank, maybe he's he's a little bit of a trade bait down the road. We'll see. Um, you know. Uh, yep. Then in the second half of the first period, it, it was a parade to the penalty box. I mean, mm-hmm. the Sharks would, you know, take, you know, a penalty, you know, LeBanc, which was, you know, the ultimate stick that lift. Penalty, like, <laughs> <laughs> that LeBanc penalty. I mean, okay. By, and I tweeted this out too. Um, by the letter of the law, that's a penalty. That's interference. But I have never, like, it didn't look like that big of a thing so to have your stick fly that far out of your hand like i don't know i i i understand like do i agree yes it was an interference penalty yeah by the letter of the law for sure but i mean i don't think that flick should have launched his stick into upper earth orbit the way it did (laughs) yes like it's kind of ridiculous yeah, no. Uh, thankfully, the Sharks' PK did its job there. Unfortunately, uh, they would have to deal with a five-on-three uh, as Lindholm hooks, uh, Lindblom hooks, hooking call. Benino gets a tripping call. You know, and Lawson Kraus, you know, makes it a two-one game. Uh, it just seems like this guy is, you know, I mean, Phil Kessel was there for a couple of years. It just absolutely destroyed the Sharks. Now and, and then. Kraus, I think, has been has done fairly well uh, over the last few seasons uh, for Arizona against the such, Sharks. Lawson Kraus has had such a fascinating career because I think he was like he went from being, in my opinion, like he went from underrated to like incredibly overrated on the back of um, his last World Junior appearance, where I think he was like after the World Juniors, he was in that draft year which was a big draft year that's the mcdavid draft if i remember correctly 2015 um i think he was they had him after the world juniors as high as like five or six which i thought was way too high for him um and then you know he ends up getting drafted i think 11th overall by the panthers i want to say it was i think it was 11th by panthers anyway in somewhere in the either like or the early teens um and then you know kind of had a little bit of trouble trying to figure out his game. I don't think he was ever going to, I didn't think his offensive numbers were ever going to translate, but if you look at his stats, I mean, he's cut himself out a nice little NHL career out of, I mean, I think, you know, is he a guy who I think would get drafted that high if you redid that draft? No, I don't think so. He's probably, probably a late first, early second, but I thought, you know, I, I give him a lot of credit though, because I think it's, it's really hard sometimes to find that niche when you're kind of drafted with like super lofty expectations where I think a lot of people had for him after in his draft year 
Like his draft stock kind of cooled as we've seen as he got drafted a little bit later. But, um, but yeah, like uh, he's a he's a guy that I think has you know he's I think he's cut himself out a nice little uh, NHL career. He's figured out his role, and I I think he's uh, he's 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 a good he's a good little player. I like I like Lawson Kraus. Yeah, I I do too. I think it's I don't want to compare him to Owen Nolan, but having that kind of that power forward old school feel to it where you, you yeah. lay out the body, but you're also going to have a scoring touch to it. Yeah. He's uh, got a little bit of scoring touch. Like he's not, yeah, I wouldn't confuse him for like, like, a, a, you know, he's, he's no offensive dynamo, but, right. but he's definitely a guy who can, you know, who can play, who can play rough and, and can also chip in on the, on the, on the score sheet for sure. Yeah. And I think if he was on, I, you know, it's one of those guys where I think he, he probably gets more press if he doesn't play for the Coyotes. Yeah, yeah, I think he's a little bit on the radar, so he doesn't his his role doesn't get magnified as much. Uh, but uh, needless to say, like you said, he's he's had a pretty he's found a niche in his career. Yeah, with the uh, Coyotes, and uh, he made it two one after one, and then in the middle frame he got you know Sturm. Uh, just being in the right spot at the right time to to yeah. uh, to eventually get the eventual game winner there. Uh, I think I think that the second period I thought the Sharks. I, mean, I think it was like twenty seven thirteen after two periods or twenty eight to thirteen, and they were playing pretty well. But uh, credit to credit to Vermelka uh, for keeping them in this game. I like Corel Vimelka a lot. Um, as far as like goalies go, he is a guy who I've always had a fondness for. Um, and he's, he's a guy who I think I feel bad for. Cause I think on, if he's on a better team, I think his numbers would be just absolutely gaudy if he was on a good team. Um, but unfortunately he's on the coyotes and, uh, that's, that's, that's a tough, that's a tough road. That's a tough road to to drive down um, for a goalie, unfortunately. But yeah, I, I really like Karel Vimelka. I'm glad that he is uh, stuck on because he's uh, he plays his little ass off. And again, like you know, I think his numbers on the Coyotes like are his save percentage is pretty damn good. Yeah. For I, I want to say it's nine oh nine. Something like that. And I mean, like considering the shots he takes and when you look at that saber, they, they brought this up on the broadcast tonight because I actually got to watch the, the Sharks broadcast. Thank you, Sportsnet gods. Um, <laughs> and uh, they brought it up on the broadcast tonight about how like, yeah, his goals against average is pretty high. But when you have that high of a goals against average and your save percentage is that good, like that's the sign of a decent goalie. And like you said, it's you just hope that, you know, um, he just doesn't get used to getting shelled like the way he does. And, you know, hopefully they can build something in front of him in, in Arizona and kind of give him some some much needed help and like watch those numbers just be absolutely dumb. Yeah, no, I mean, he's done a great job for it. I mean, I think it was like 909 save percentage, but his goals against yeah. was like over three. Which tells you how many shots he's, he's right. Yeah, he gets <laughs> shelled on a nightly basis and. Um, you just, you, you, you know what, he, you know, Corel Milk kind of reminds me of another guy. Like, remember how Thomas Vokun used to just get shelled and shelled and shelled. And by the time they got him finally on a good team, it was, he was just like, he was kind of washed at that point. It was so unfortunate. 
Because, yeah. like, Thomas Vokun was a guy that just, like, always had, like, a gaudy save percentage, but a crappy GAA. And I just, I just like, I worry about, like, goalies like that are in bad situations. Another guy like John Gibson in Arizona, right, who at one time I considered to be a very elite goaltender, and I'm just not sure that the eliteness is there anymore. And maybe a change of scenery would do him some good, but I just wonder if he's just been if they've just run him over with shots for too long, that even if he gets to a good team, like that's it's a lot like to take that many, to take the number of shots that these guys take on a nightly basis. I can't, it, it has to have long-term effects on your play. Right. And just wearing you down over yeah. the test of time. I mean, yeah. and of course there's some goaltenders that like, let me see all the shots. Then there's other goaltenders like get in the freaking way as much as possible. And it's just, craziness how 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 it just can change i mean you took 33 shots tonight uh stopping mm -hmm. you know 30 in there uh yeah that, i mean so a little it's a good night of work yes uh let's let's say hello to uh and i hope i'm saying this carl bexier uh hello guys thanks for the great channel first time i'm watching live since i live in sweden hey carl thanks for joining us we appreciate thanks you. for joining uh, if you haven't already, of course, hit that subscribe button, and that goes for everybody. If you are just joining us for the first time, smash that subscribe button down below. We really appreciate it uh, yeah. on that one. Uh, you know, third period, I, I you know, Bukestad gets that goal to cut it within one, and I thought, okay, the Sharks looked like they were getting it early on, and then Arizona started, I want to say, really dictated play because... I, I thought mo most of the play was in in the Sharks' defensive zone the rest of the way. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, obviously, um, I didn't really, and we've talked about Carl the Milk. We should talk about James Reimer too, because I think James Reimer was pretty good tonight. Like, he obviously didn't face a ton of shots, but I didn't really have any issue with the two goals he let in. Like the one, the wraparound is is a tricky situation because obviously it's a. Uh, it's an odd man situation for the sharks being down by, I think two men at that point. Um, and even the, even the second one that he let in, like I thought he, he had the rebound. Um, you probably would want to see Carlson maybe see that play through a little bit before, uh, skidding the other way. Maybe thought Reimer was going to have it, like was going to be able to handle that rebound. Um, but then like so quick for, for, uh, Stad to just, find that puck and put it in just bang bang um really nice goal for him um again i, I don't think like maybe i just want to see carlson maybe finish that play yeah uh but overall a solid night for james rammer yeah saves, I, but i thought shots. for having a bunch of time off like he did and coming back and um i thought no i thought he played uh he played a really good game it was nice to see James Reimer look like James Reimer again, and uh, you know, hopefully uh, he can stay healthy and and uh, you know, up that trade value and uh, give the Sharks <laughs> some good goaltending because I like both. Yes, yes, indeed. Uh, you know, uh, but all in all, a, a a nice night. It wasn't pretty, uh, but the Sharks get it done. You know, uh, mm -hmm. three two, two wins in a row. Uh, two wins in in the uh, reverse retros, which hasn't happened before. They get their first home win, wearing their their. I mean, just a win at home in this play at oh, this geez. rate is a victory for them. Like I, 
it's I, I feel bad, right? Because, again, like if you're trying to sell tickets and you want people to show up like the Sharks have not been good at home, like you have a better chance of seeing like uh, you've had a better chance of seeing them win on your television than at SAP Center. Um, so I can I can understand people being like, man, I'll just catch this on TV. Um, but no, I think a big win, you know, it's it's good to see how few fans were there but i mean it's nice to see you know the hardcore the hardcore because that's who's in the seats now is your hardcore of hardcores or they're they're morons like us that are just going to watch every game regardless of how you know ass they are um so i'm happy to see those people as few as they were tonight rewarded for you know for for being the hardcores yeah uh you know it's it's painful to see and and everything but a nice nice win on home ice i mean it's what is it the third home win this season which you know <laughs> something like that it's, it's, it's just crazy it's how bad. it's gone it's gone from being one of the most intimidating places to play one of the most loudest r- rinks in the arena in the nhl and uh to get that is just it's tough to see but then again everybody was uh you know Watching watching the game tonight, and obviously because of you know, Randy Hahn gets his gets to uh, broadcast game number two thousand. Um, now, Ian, I, of course, I know you. You get re- occasional random feeds. You sometimes you get the away I, feed. I get, get everything but the Sharks feed usually, and I think if. And I do wonder if they like if sports if the sports gods were like, well, it's it's Randy's two thousandth game. I guess we can show that one <laughs> instead of the the Coyotes feed because I'm surprised. Because generally speaking, this year, um, I have because usually I've flown the pirate flag, but this year, pirate flag, you know, the the site that we we would use like wasn't looking good, right? And no. because like I don't, this isn't my job, right? <laughs> but I still, I didn't want to put myself in a situation where I couldn't be effective. Like if I'm going to be called on to come on here, I want to be able to see the game. I want to watch it, you know, as, as good as quality as possible with as few pop-ups in front of it as possible. (laughs) Um, so I, I went the legit route this year. Um, and yeah, I have a little bit of regret about it. Cause again, because I thought, well, NHL TV before, before Sportsnet just rolled it into their gargantuan, giga chad service that they have now like you could pick the feed you can't do that anymore they treat it like it's like watching center ice on your television where you wow. just get the get, and that's that's it right like you get whatever feed they show you and that's that it's it feels like i've gone back to like the early 2000s like watching like watching on center ice on my television that's that's crazy and hoping to god like and hoping to god you get a game in high def <laughs> right and I know the Sharks, it took them a bit to get into high def. I mean, it was like 10 games one year. And then eventually, eventually they worked it out there. But, uh, uh, you know, that's that's a bummer that you're not getting the Sharks feed. Uh, and I know that's been. I a, just would. I just wish I had the choice. Like, yeah. that's I, I don't even like. And it's fine because I think the one thing that I can say is one, one, I appreciate Randy. Like. I think the Sharks feed, the Sharks broadcast in general has lost quality, in my opinion. However, 
some you don't realize like how good you have it with a guy like Randy Hahn until you're like stuck listening to fucking Brian Hayward. <laughs> Why did I think you're going to Anaheim on that? <laughs> because the Anaheim has the absolute worst fucking they have one of the worst broadcasts in the league. In my humble opinion, Ducks fans come at me, bro. I, I it there's that. I'll 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 raise you a Jack Edwards. Um I mean, sure. And and for good reason that Randy Hahn can he's not even really a homer because he'll 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 tell it like it is on occasion. I mean, he won't like super sugarcoat anything. Uh, but to have somebody that's obnoxious like Jack Edwards on broadcast, I don't know how you can live with it. Randy has always been the consummate professional. He's, uh, I mean, there have been so many things uh, I've, I've been, you know, been fortunate to have, you know, with this show. We, uh, to, to uh, interview him, we have our annual interview uh when we when we were doing tweet ups he was like hey let me know what time i can be there and i'll be there uh you know he's always been opened up to us uh so you know i don't know i think jack edwards is a blatant homer but he's entertaining like i find him entertaining like he yes is he an unashamed like absolute homer Absolutely, but I still think he's a he's a bajillion times more entertaining than fucking Brian Hayward. Oh, that's for sure. That's for sure. And, and not to go down a rabbit hole with announcers, but you know, uh, you know, R- Randy's up there with one of those guys that are just like with the national team. Oh yeah, like no, Randy, like Randy to me is is the goat. Like he's, I put Randy up there with like prime Bob Cole. Chris Cuthbert like he is yeah. in that upper for me he is in that upper echelon of of hockey commentators like I think he is fantastic and it's it's nice when I get the shark speed because then I can actually appreciate him more um I just mute everything else yeah he he even worked with Jim Houston I believe it was at CKNW and in, mm-hmm. in Vancouver uh for the longest time and, and then you know it was uh getting an idea to to uh hey you know maybe they're building a new arena in san jose maybe we can get a hockey team over here and and that's the other touch to it you know it's just not just a a random guy and nothing against any random guys like you know dave gochier goes to vegas or anything like that but Mm -hmm. randy had and made contributions to get this team to be in the bay area in san jose so that that other touch to it is great. So, uh, uh, bunch of love, congratulations, Randy. Uh, I know you watch here and there, so thank you uh, so much for everything you do. Yeah, on there. No, I mean, big congrats to him. I mean, two thousand games is uh, nothing to to sneeze at for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, with that, let's get to the quotes in the locker room from Nick Benino. One pass can beat your triangle. I wasn't thrilled with the penalty call, but we didn't give them much. Okay, uh, David Quinn, we had good changes. Good changes managed the game. The second goal off the faceoff, we have to have that. We lose yeah. this game if it's a month ago. Mm-hmm. Probably. Yeah. I mean, they James Reimer, I thought stood tall to to finish the game out, and I think the Sharks um, 
did play decently um, to try and defend. I wasn't, I don't know. I never, I know a lot of people, like I was watching my feed and everyone's like, oh man, they're going to tie it. They're going to tie it. And yeah. I, was, I didn't feel it. I didn't feel like that at all. But maybe I'm just, maybe I'm just so numb to it now that I'm just like, well, maybe it'll happen. But uh, I'll be, I don't know. I'll be honest. When they made it 3-2, I was like, oh crap, here we go. But Reimer was in net. So I, I kind of felt reassured by it. Um, Benino, it eats at me after three games if I don't score. It's tough to pinpoint why. I need to skate more and be more of a threat. Yeah, yeah, I definitely grew on the skating. Um, <laughs> some uh, that's some that's some good self reflection, Nick Benino. Uh, from Harrington, good effort by us. We played fifty solid minutes. I don't know about my offense, but I'll take it. Shimmick is easy to play with and communicates well. Yeah. Um, and again, like I said, I don't think uh, I said earlier in the show, like I don't think Shimmick gets enough stick taps for how good he's been uh, this year. Um, from James Reimer, anytime you have a lead, it's great. I thought we played great the entire game. They had a push and I thought we defended well. When the time came, we did a great job. Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't worried about this. Uh, I was not worried about the Coyotes tying this game up. Like I said, uh, I didn't like it. I, I think if it did happen, it would probably have been, I don't know. I just, I was pretty confident that the Sharks were going to hold on. I don't know why. I'm just feeling I had. Ian Reed with good feelings. I just. This. And we can't even complain about Matt Benning tonight. So that's. So all kinds of good feelings going on. <laughs> hey, look at uh, according to the Athletics player cards, uh, Matt Benning is a an amazing six million dollar defenseman. So what the fuck do I know? Six million. Did you see that? Six did you, did, million. Are you familiar with this? Uh, these player cards. Refresh me on this. Okay, so they um, Dom Lucision and I can't remember the other person's name. They put out player cards for every team. Um, and a lot of it pretty much kind of told us what we already knew, um, as far as like players go. Right. Right. Um, and they kind of just like had like, who was like, they kind of gave like an estimate of what their contract value should be. And if they're playing over and above it. And apparently Matt Benning is the real outlier of this whole thing. Um, if I'm remembering it correctly, like it's something like $6 million from Matt Benning. And I am like what <laughs> like i want whatever whoever was smoking when the matt benning <laughs> player card was made because they are clearly not sharing <laughs> i don't know what it is like and so matt benning is actually good was not something i i wanted to come away from there mario ferraro not being good was was expected matt benning being significantly better i <laughs> I yeah I don't know man I I don't know yeah, yeah. I, I don't know no. I I I don't like it well sir I don't like it I don't understand it look at and the, and here's the thing right and and the thing that drives me kind of a little bit batty about these player cards is there's really no they're just kind of presented as is and there's no real commentary or anything I would love to hear like from Dom Lucision like his take on why like Matt Benning's scorecard came out the way it did. Because like they're just kind of presented with no context or anything else, and you kind of just do whatever with them. And then I think people 
will look at those and then kind of like cherry pick the numbers they like and then say, look at, no, look at this. This is, this player is amazing. But like, I'm sorry, if you come at me with, uh, go look at Matt Benning's player card. Matt Benning is actually good. I'm just going to laugh you the fuck off this channel. <laughs> sorry. I'm just, I'm, I'm like, if you have eyes, which I like to think I do, I have four of them actually. <laughs> um, Like, yeah, I, I like I don't be wrong. I think Mac ben, Mac Benning's an OK skater. and I think he has a really good pass. Um, I think he's a good passer, but like he makes the most fucking boneheaded, jarring decisions. That I, I just Ottawa. Right. And I just like and and those are not isolated situations. Right. So I don't like again, like I think. I think. Analytics are fine, and I'm I like analytics. I don't talk analytics on this channel because I don't know. I have never figured out a way to talk analytics and make it sound other than like an old teacher trying to teach like physics or math and put everyone in the fucking chat to sleep. Like if I had a way that I could present them in a way that I think would be interesting and engaging, I would wish I could do it, but I can't. I would sound like, you know, like like Ben Stein teaching a math class Bueller yeah 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 and no one and no one wants that right no um but I think like it's I I, I think that with analytics and this is the problem right is it's like you'll you have to watch the game still and I think the numbers will generally correlate with what you're seeing mm -hmm. but like in situations like this like you can be like no this these numbers don't make fucking sense Ian rant number one is now complete. Thank you for attending <laughs> yeah, his right, Seal Town one, talk. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, moving onward. Uh, you know, overall, I thought it was a gutsy performance, especially losing kind of early playing eleven forwards. I felt so good about our game after two periods from David Quinn, and that's another thing. Haven't heard anything about Cunning. Uh, don't know why Barabanov didn't play either, and unfortunately, he was questionable i thought um i feel like i know the answer to this but i don't i could make something up no no uh you know uh finishing up with uh we got that second goal because... he, he look at barabanov knew that alex ovechkin was gonna score a hat trick tonight <laughs> and he didn't want to be on the he wanted to be make sure that like he was able to watch the game so he stubbed his toe, said, look, can't go, stubbed toe, clearly. And he watched Ovechkin. That's that's what happened. Well, let's... Jail Town exclusive. <laughs> and the poor thing had to listen to the ESPN broadcast where they had Chelios as the color commentator and just oh, ate God, all know. over Steve Levy's call of Ovechkin's 800th goal. Well, you know, ESPN sucks. Also a Teal Town exclusive. No, that's not a <laughs> no, Teal Town that's exclusive. Not a Teal Town Everyone exclusive. who has ears knows that ESPN sucks. And eyeballs as well. But what an accomplishment. I'm making all the friends tonight, aren't I? You are batting a thousand. He's at Ian Blocks <laughs> Hockey, by the way, everyone. Um, but uh, yeah, Alexander Ovechkin, Sharks fan Alexander Ovechkin. Let's, let's not forget that. Gets a hat trick tonight. I know we don't usually do the wraparound. Jerry, where, where's the Venmo donation? Uh, it's, it's fine. It's it's, it's eight hundred fucking goals in the NHL. Like it's it's an un it it is a number that I didn't think that we would ever see again. No. No, I I, I 
I think we knew that Ovi was going to be able to get to 700, but 800, I think, was... I mean, he's and he's not done. No, he could. He could. He's gonna. He is going to annihilate Gretzky's goal record. Yeah, annihilate. Like, I think if I think Ovechkin could score a thousand before he's done, and I think that might be even too conservative. That's crazy to think, because I mean, you probably get to done. I mean, unless he goes on an absolute terror. For the rest of the year, he gets it done in 2024-25. And if he can if he can score, like if you look at if he if he can score, if he can keep up where he's scoring 40 to 50 goals over the next few years, like he could easily hit a thousand. Now, age is gonna age is obviously gonna play a factor here at some point. But I mean dude can score. Like He's he's gonna go down as the greatest scorer of not only his generation but in history of the league. I think. Like I don't. We'll see what McDavid does. Like I'm sure McDavid might give him a run for his money when he gets up into that. Um, when he's that deep into his career, but I don't know, man. Uh, yeah. Ovechkin's like he's <laughs> Ovechkin's politics aside, he's a hell of a fucking player. Yeah. No, I for for what he does on the ice, he's a hell of a player, and you know, ninety four Degretzky, one away from tying Gordy Howe. Yep. Um, you know, funny enough, when he hits that, you know, he'll match Gordy. When Gretzky matched Gordy, he did it at the Shark Tank in March of ninety four. It's true. Yeah, uh, and the crazy, I think it was like a six six tie. I'm not, uh, if I'm not mistaken there, but uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, stick taps to Ovechkin, 800. Yeah, goals. I mean, like, I, mean, I don't think anyone's unreal. gonna ever. I don't think anyone's ever gonna touch Gretzky's point total record, but like, but as far as goal scorers go, like, there's never been anyone better than Ovechkin at yeah. it. Period. Yeah, I, I mean, it's absolutely unreal. Absolutely unreal. Uh, so congrats to him. I, the one, the one Gretzky record as a sidebar, just that I always get a kick out of is, is the, the amount of assists more than anybody else has points. I mean, that's Correct. just, that's just absolutely awesome to see. Well, I mean, again, but like when you played in the eighties, when goalies were basically defensemen <laughs> with pads, <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Oh man, oh the '80s. So the Sharks get a victory here. Um, as NHL.com has decided to just take a poop on me. Thanks very <laughs> much. Uh, you know, and uh, sorry to do this on, on my phone here. Uh, so they win. They're at 25 points. So they open up. You know, a little bit more on the bottom teams with you know with Arizona at 22, Chicago at 18, Anaheim at 17. Um you know, uh but they're 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 nowhere near like 7 points out of a playoff spot now. So they're really starting yep. to starting to get away from it all. Um uh, Yeah, but, but they're over they're at a 400 points percentage and they need to knock that off a little bit. Yeah, 403 is where they're at. That's it's the third worst points percentage in the um, 
in the Western Conference. And the league-wise, they are—they are now fifth. Um, okay. You know, uh, with uh, so 32 is Anaheim, 31 Chicago, uh, Columbus at 393 is 30th. The Desert Dogs at 407. The Sharks at 403. So. So that's where we're at with that. But we look at the standings, and you know we heard some things going on at the uh, Board of Governors meeting uh, this week. Uh, there was, you know, Gary Bentman's like, oh, we may only go $1 million for a cap increase next year. Uh, but coming off of what he said, oh, it could go up dramatically next year, uh, which yeah. we heard a few months ago. So I don't know what changed there, but of eh, course, recession's hurting everyone, I guess. Yeah, it, it's it's true. Nobody wants to buy a hundred fifty dollar uh, fake Fanatics jersey. Um, but uh, you know, playoff format comes back into things, and everybody was talking about maybe do you do a play in format? Do you do you expand the playoffs? Do you you know do you go back to one versus eight? Do you? Whoa, wait a second here. Go back to one versus eight. Go back. Go back to what? This one versus eight. One versus eight was never a thing. It was never a thing because here's what happened. You had three divisions in each conference and the top team in each division filled those top three seats. So it wasn't a true one versus eight because if you remember the Southeast division, which was a, I want to say, Carolina, which was ass, Florida, which was ass, the Capitals, which were ass, the Lightning, which I want to say were ass in this stretch too. They were all ass. And whoever won that division would get would be seated third in the standings. But if they if the person who won that division wasn't guaranteed a playoff spot, none of those teams missed the play. Like none of those teams made the playoffs. So one through eight is a fallacy that people cling to when it was never a thing. It was never a thing. It was, yes, okay, seeds four through through eight were seeded regardless of, you know, regardless of division based on point totals. But those top three teams were always guaranteed those top three seeds regardless. There could be teams that were had more points than the another division leader, but they would finish fourth because they didn't finish in the top of the division. So let's stop with this one versus eight shit. It was never a thing. Now, would a would a straight one versus eight system be a lot of fun? Yeah, I think it would be a lot of fun. But let's stop talking about this nostalgia for something that just never fucking was. Okay, so a couple of things here. If you win your division, you automatically just get a playoff spot in your mind. That's the way it was. No, that's that's how it was. That was how the one the one versus eight system is. The one versus eight system is as real as the original six. <laughs> oh God. Whew. Whew. So again, so in the one versus eight system, air quotes, your top your leader, your your division winner was seated one through three, one to three based on their point totals. And then everyone else right. was slotted in behind them. It was never a true one versus eight. But what I'm saying is, is in your format to make it one versus eight, that division winner 
just gets no. You don't in. have to, divisions. Just dictate schedule. They have nothing to do. If you if you are not one of the top eight teams in your division, you are in your conference. You do not make the playoffs. Period. That's the way. That's the way I would do it. Okay. So for just for divisional purpose or for scheduling purposes, it's division. For but sure. Then you. But this is the problem, right? And this is the and this is the other thing that people that advocate to get rid of the divisional system, the way it is now with the wild cards and everything, because the division system, like before they brought in the one versus eight, the divisional system was just it was straight divisions. It was the top four teams, one played four, mm-hmm. and you know before they expanded the league to a bajillion teams, and it was four divisions like it was now, and it was just one through four, two plays three. And you divisions played up, you know, you you played in your division until the conference finals. Yeah. And and, and then they switched to the one versus eight system, which never was a thing. Because, again, I pointed out very articulately now three times how it actually worked. Um, and then, yeah, like I said, it was it was as real as the original six. Now, I, that's what I would do. I don't think they need to expand the playoff format because. Half the league already makes the playoffs. That's fine. I mean, yeah. I could understand if you want to like maybe like steal from baseball and have like a small wild card series or something to just make it more interesting. Like I, I'm fine with that kind of spice. I guess like I wouldn't hate it. I think anything again, anything that gets the escrow paid off for the players so we can actually have a real salary cap movement again oh, God. is like I'm all for it at this point, right? Um. But no, I, I think, you know, the the problem is, though, is, again, this has to do with rights holders and everything else. And, uh, you know, let's be honest. Um, if you do a one versus eight system, if you do a one versus eight system by conference, you're going to end up with teams playing, you know, uh, out of their time zone a lot, especially in the West where, Absolutely in the West. you know, like in the East, it'll be fine. The, the East won't be won't be a problem anymore because the teams that, you know, people in Washington East will play at normal times. It's not like the old days where Detroit would have to, you know, play half their games at 1030 at night in the, in the first round of the playoffs because they pulled the sharks and then the Leafs had to play at 1030 at night in the second round. Right. So, I mean, for the West, like, yeah, the West teams, because there's more time changes in the Western conference. So that would obviously, um, I think be a little more problematic. I think if you're Chicago, you're probably a little pissed off if you have to play a team on the West Coast and you have that like two hour difference in start times, which probably isn't great for you showing hockey. I mean, by the conference finals, let's be honest, like everything goes to East time anyway. Pretty much, yeah. But you don't want you don't want that before. So I understand why the playoffs are are set up the way that they are. And it- I get how they want to show every game and every playoff game everywhere, um, you know. But at the same time, I think the the Midwest gets gypped when they're starting their games at eight forty five p.m. Sure. I mean, or or I think even Colorado had eight forty five games just because it was just the lead into the four p.m. East Coast game. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, like again, like there's no there's no good solution i think you would like i've seen some people suggest just going like doing it like the queue and having one versus uh you know one versus 16 and two versus 15 and i think that would never happen because one i think the nhl likes their likes their tv not being all screwed up because i think everything's fine until like a team like the leafs heaven forbid have to play at 10 30 then it's oh, the end God. of the fucking world right 
Yeah, then, then they'll play a four o'clock game in Edmonton. Fuck off. Yeah, like Jeez. so. I think like so. I, that'll never happen. Um, but <laughs> poor Toronto. Boo hoo. Um, Mitch Barner, but like I, I, I don't know. Like I would do it. Like I'm all for a straight one through eight system. Although I do like, I do like divisional rivalries. Like I, I remember. You know, and this is a thing like it's a, it's it's a thing to a kind of a bygone era now. But like I remember when I was growing up, like those Boston Montreal series back when it was straight divisional bluff, like those were a bloodbath. And that was some like to this day, I still remember some of those playoff series and they were like in the youngest years of my life. And I still remember them because like. You had Wah versus Moog, and oh my god, like people like everyone's like Andy Moog, who the fuck's that? I, I I understand like I'm really dating myself here, but like yeah, just some of those fucking series, man. But, I I kind of hoped like we would get back to that, but we never really. The one thing about this system that they've done now is we've never really gotten that. Like a lot of the big rivalries, all those teams decide to suck. Like we never, we finally got a Battle of Alberta. Yeah. finally last year and how long have we had this playoff series you know what i mean like right we've had some other good ones like obviously like we've had some kind of good series but like they never got the the series that they thought they were gonna get like the ones that would really just like crank the ratings right well, like uh well, i mean we've only had like one freeway face-off with anaheim in la i mm-hmm. think we've had what since 2013 or since 2011 the sharks and kings have played what three times and haven't played since 2016 um you know the you know the the uh, i mean the sharks play the what the ducks twice since 2009 you know uh it, it's it's tough. yeah and like and, and even the battle of Alberta we got wasn't really that good it was it was kind of a letdown games. as a series yeah um big time Big time. Yeah, and I, I agree because Marty just said in the chat, like, yeah, I want. I thought that was gonna be. I thought that was gonna be like the series of the playoffs, and it was. It was, it was like a, a boxing match or an MMA fight that gets like such the top billing. Everybody's gonna tune in, and then it ends in the fil- first round with ex- a weird jab. Yeah. 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 No, Marty, I, I'm I'm with you on that. So. Yeah. So I I, I don't know. So I so I think like. Like I do like the idea of trying to promote rivalries, but we haven't really gotten those traditional rivalry series out of the system. So I think I I think I would like I said, I would change it, um, especially when you have like I don't think like a team that's as ass as the Pacific has been for a while. Like last like last year, they were OK, but like there's been there's been times where I think like sometimes you look at like some of these divisional teams that are guaranteed their class, but you're like, like yeah, but wouldn't it be better if this team was there, even though they might be fourth or fifth in their division? Yeah, eh, I don't know. It, it's 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 tough, you know. Yeah, it is so because it's there's not one there's one good thing about one format. There's the other one or the different one. I get that they try to kind of counteract that. Oh, the whole and I I use the ninety one North Stars, where I think they had like sixty eight points got into the playoffs and came within two wins of winning the cup. It was kind of AJ, like we can't go back through one through eight because it was never one through eight. Haven't you listened to a damn thing I've said <laughs> on this show? Fuck. Oh, we boy. can't go back. 
we just need to, we, but we, I do agree. I think go one through eight division doesn't matter except for scheduling and let, let the chips fall where they may. That's what I would do. That said, I don't think the NHL is touching their playoff format. So no, no. Um, just looking at, the, just looking at what the, what the format would be or what it would be right now. Dallas, Minnesota, that would be a fun one. Winnipeg, yeah. Colorado. That'd uh, be fun. Uh, Vegas, Edmonton, if I'm looking at that correctly. Um, that, or I would, sorry, it would be Vegas, Minnesota, uh, Dallas, Edmonton. Oh man, Glenn going back even farther. I can't go back to Dryden Jeepers, but I, 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 I do remember Wa Moog. But, uh, yeah, I, I can't, I don't, I don't go back that far, unfortunately, but I am sure those were, those were good. And then that classic rivalry, the Seattle Kraken versus the LA Kings. Hell, I, I will. But you know what? Here's, if we here's get, the thing. If we too, get a right? 9 8 game every game in that series, oh man, that'd be great. But here's here's the thing, right? I, it, it, traditional rivalries are nice, but nothing creates a rivalry like a playoff series. Absolutely. Right? Like Colorado, Detroit, like that wasn't, there was no juice there until there was. And one hit from, from Claude you know what I mean? Really that's what I mean. Like there was no like. I I understand wanting to go for like the traditional rivalries just because fans are you know the fans hate each other and everything else. But like sometimes like just playoffs make their own rivalries. Yeah. And like I, Colorado Detroit is a perfect example of how how the playoffs just made a rivalry. Hey, San Jose Detroit over the. Over a number of years, St. Louis, Detroit, you know, some of the best. St. Louis, Detroit are, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're. Are, sorry, I meant, I meant uh, San Jose, St. Louis. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there's that. I mean, yeah, and AJ saying it here, you know, Sharks playoffs against Blues or Stars or Avs were way better than LA or Anaheim. I don't know. Some, I mean, I didn't like the, maybe if we won against in some of those LA series, maybe I'd feel differently about them, but like those were, those were good series. Like I, those were gut wrenching. Like when the sharks didn't beat the Kings, that was gut wrenching, man. It was gut wrenching. (sighs) I just, I wonder if, I wonder if we would look back on those series more if we didn't, if we don't, if, we win one of those series before the Kings kind of start to fall down. We win that one series, but then the Kings really kind of fall off after that. I wonder if we'd feel differently if, if we'd come out of those series and not gotten reverse swept and all that mm. stuff. Cause like I, like I, those, those losses hurt and yeah. they don't hurt if you don't care. Right. Right. No, completely agree with you on that. So something and, and teach their own, like I, I'm not here to tell you, what is a good rivalry? I mean, that's for you to determine yourself. Um, but like, uh, you know, so if a, like AJ saying like he likes those, those, those rivalries better. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not here. I'm not going to tell him he's wrong, but I, I don't hundred percent agree. But again, I, maybe it's cause I'm a fucking masochist and you know, there was so much pain in those series. And for more on that series, go to big defenseman.com. <laughs> Kid you not. It's a great site. I I'm telling you. Uh, one thing part of the meeting was Batman saying the cap increase next season will depend on which teams make the playoffs this season. Yeah, obviously. Look at like I'm I'm not gonna t- I'm I'm gonna give you a little secret on economics. Um, big markets bring big money. 
And if you have a lot of big markets miss the playoffs, that's not good for the league. Um, and now again, I'm not here to tell you that the NHL should strip away their small markets and stuff. Like I think small markets matter. San Jose is a small market, let's be honest. Um, and that's the team that I cheer for. Um, so obviously, I you know I, I think small markets do have their place in the league. But I think if you're looking to make a lot of money, if you look at the standings right now, and you look at some of the teams that might miss, like, I don't know, the Rangers, like, that's not good for if you want to make money, that's not good, right? Um, you know, if you look in the East, uh, Detroit hanging on by a thread, I don't, I haven't looked at the, um, I'm just looking at like the, you know, the top three teams and then who's, uh, who's out of there, right? Like Detroit not being, Detroit getting in would probably be a big boon for, uh, for ratings, stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, um, I mean, the West, it doesn't care. But I mean, but both Edmonton and Calgary, let's, let's say Edmonton and Calgary both missed the playoffs somehow. Like, that's bad. But <laughs> that I mean, is bad. If I'm looking league. if I'm looking overall, let's see, one in the West and one in the East for the Canadian teams. That's a nightmare for Sportsnet. You know, Toronto, yeah. Toronto and Winnipeg only being in uh, the other night, Toronto's only gonna be in for a round. Let's be honest. Oh, damn. Uh, but I mean, yeah, you look at you look at the wild card in the East. Islanders are holding down the number one spot for now. Rangers yeah. are at number two. But then Ovi in the Capitals, he's on this record pace run. Granted, it's a playoff, so it doesn't really count. But they're out. Florida, who yeah, but don't underestimate like the Rangers. The Rangers print money. Yeah, like the Rangers are. Like I, if you go by the Forbes number, the Rangers, there's no team in the NHL worth more than the Rangers. Yeah, uh, but you also have Montreal out too. Yeah, yeah. Like again, anytime you have a lot of Canadian teams missing the playoffs, that's not good for TV numbers. Um, Does that make you wonder if they dictate the results somehow? No. Does that peak like, into it, the... it is what it is. Like I don't think. Do I think, um, look it, here's the, here, here's the thing. If, if you are an, a league that has jumped in bed with gambling, you need to keep your shit on straight. There can't be, you can't jump in bed with gambling and then have impropriety in your officiating standings, whatever. They, they, these things do not go together. Now you could say, well, boxing's a thing and I'll say, sure, but like I just if if uh, if a major if a major league like the NHL, who's you can say what you want about the NHL as far as where they are in the pecking order of American sports. But I still feel like if if a business that's like a six hundred billion dollar business, like, a you know, hundred billion dollar business like the NHL has any rumors of impropriety, like there's going to that would be catastrophic for them. I mean, it's not like it's biased like the college football playoff. How many times have we seen freaking Alabama get in over over UCLA or, you know, I I heard years ago just the the Texas head coach, "Oh, we deserve to be in the in a better situation than Cal." And of course, that dictated to where they went. Because I can't speak money. to that. No, I know, yeah, but I'm just, I'm just using that as that, an as an example sure. of that. So, I just, I, I, I just, I don't know the reference, so I can't. I, 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 I will, I will smile and nod because I can't speak to that. I just think <laughs> that, 
again, like if I think if you're going to jump into bed with sports gambling as heavy as the NHL is, they can't be they can't look like they're a fixed league. I mean, you're always going to have like your wackos. Oh, my God, the NHL hates my team because of X, Y and Z. But like they hate all your they hate every team because of X, Y and Z. Yeah, very true. All right. Well, with that, I think I've gotten enough rants out of Ian for this episode. <laughs> tune in Saturday. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, but yes, you should tune in Saturday. But if you do, you agree with what Ian's saying? You know, one th- versus eight wasn't really one versus eight. Which playoff format would you? Oh, I mean, you can refer? try and tell me how it was one versus eight, but I have the I I I I have the the notes like it, we we can go back and we can look at those playoff seedings and we can look at the point totals and i will be very right and you will be very wrong and i will tell you right now the best way to do that is in the comment section down below yes. after this youtube channel I, I will tell you how wrong you are in the comment section i have no problem doing that and, and he will enjoy that look at that he's smirking already the folks. smug look on my face he's, i'm sure he's like i am just i have the, the ryan merkley shit-eating grin right now i'm sure <laughs> yes all right. In case you missed anything or you want to watch this again, check us out on tealtownusa.com or your favorite podcatcher, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Odyssey. That's how you say it, Odyssey. Uh, of course, you, you can always smash those likes, subscribe, and the notification bell buttons on our YouTube channel. We thank nearly the 2,894 view, uh, subscribers to our YouTube channel tell a friend tell multiple friends we appreciate and want this thing to grow come on let's get the 3000 before the season ends folks uh so check us out at yes. fieldtownusa.com and feel the pain with us please it's better it's better to go through pain with other people join us mm-hmm. yes please the, the really cult is. of sharks pain there'll be pain and there will be real pain so with that ian your final thoughts when the sharks do good, it's good. And when you think it's one through eight, you're wrong. Damn. All right. <laughs> I'm at Puck14 on the Twitter and the Instagram. Uh, we will say that uh, Quinn did say that it's a lower body injury for Luke Cunning. Uh, so be uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes uh, down the week. But the sharks are off tomorrow, so we may have to wait till Thursday to hear anything uh saying we looked at it in between periods when he hit the guy there was a little bit of awkwardness to him he didn't seem too overly concerned but we'll we'll figure it out so uh yeah so uh good news jeff vl you're probably getting called back up good for you thomas broderlo your thoughts uh thomas broderlo is not getting called up yeah jeff vl might though maybe maybe let's bring back cgc i don't know we'll see so we'll be on the lookout for that uh thanks for watching we'll be back with you saturday following sharks and la kings uh down in la that'll be a good one there uh so be on the lookout for that and of course best way to know when we go on hit that notification bell after you hit that subscribe button so for eric that's me and ian it's it's 11 10 i don't know how we're we're both awake at this time thanks for watching and for randy i'll do it for you keep it real Keep it fresh. Keep it real fresh. Randy, we love you. Congrats. Have a great night, everyone. We'll see you on Saturday night. Good night, everyone.